My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 7. Okay, thank you for tuning in to this edition of My Car Guru. I'm glad to be with you, as usual. I've been perusing a little bit. You know, sometimes when I want to look at the news, I get about two articles deep, and then the depression sits in. And I say, I'm not looking at that. So if I'm on USA Today, for example, I go to, let's see, front page, and then I go to money. I click on money. You know why I do that? Because that's where the car section is. And then I go to the car section under the money category, and I look at what pops up. I want to see what's, you know, what are all these uh, liberal magazines talking about or publications. Magazine, you know, USA Today was never a magazine, was it? But anyway, the first thing on here, Suzuki recalls more than 17,000 vehicles due to airbag defect. Well, here's the kind of interesting thing to me. Suzuki is out of business in the United States. So I don't know what somebody does if they own a Suzuki and they need to have a recall done because there are no Suzuki dealers. You know, there are Suzuki motorcycle dealers, but there's no Suzuki automobile dealers. So that's one that the guru can't help you with. Uh, You know, they probably made some kind of arrangements to take care of Suzuki owners. If you own one, you probably know. So you could let me know so that I could pass that on. Let's see what else is in the headline. Tesla has recently dropped prices as much as 20% in a bid to boost sales. Now, let me ask you a question. What if you went down to your local Chevrolet dealer and bought a Silverado, and they said all oh, these things are really in short supply, and all the, and you ended up paying MSRP for it, which is the window sticker, and you felt, okay, well, that's pretty much the going price for the day, maybe even a little bit less. You drive home, you feel real good. Three days later, an article comes out that Chevrolet is dropping the price 20% on Silverado pickup trucks. What would you do? Would you immediately drive down to the dealership and say, hey, what's going on here? They just dropped their prices 20%. I want my money. I want my 20%. Uh, If you would do that, you would be sorely disappointed because it's very possible that that dealership didn't even know that was going to happen. I know it seems weird, but, you know, car dealers are not owned by the manufacturer. It's not like going to Walmart. You know, your local Walmart is a part of Walmart Corporation. Your local Honda dealer is not part of the Honda Corporation. They are an independent business, and they uh, the businessman that owns it has got a franchise to sell Hondas. He does not know all, and, you know, he's not like a, a car guru or a Honda guru. He can't see the future and can't do anything much about the past. Um So you're pretty much out of luck. Tesla just did this, and apparently a lot of people are screaming. You know, they just bought their Model 3s or their Model Ys or Model Xs, whatever they've got. Not very creative names, I'll say. But, you know, these price reductions are making people angry. So what if if you did go down and ask for a a refund, you're not going to get it. If you wrote a mean letter to... um, like, I don't know, in that Silverado case, a Chevrolet dealer, you're, you're still not going to get it. I mean, Chevrolet Motor Division. Uh, they're, they're just going to say sorry. So 
I mean, I've seen that happen before. I've seen it happen with regard to rebates. So somebody buys a car last month, and this month they announce a $5,000 rebate. Last month they had a $1,000 rebate. I've had many people come in and say, well, they just announced this program. You should have known that. Well, not really. I shouldn't have because there's no way for me to know that. That's their decision. You know why they come up with rebates or how that happens? What is a rebate anyway? A rebate is basically a discount. These these yahoos up in Detroit and different places, they have decided what to price cars. And they've decided what to price cars uh, based on the fact that they may have to use incentives to help move the, the inventory off of dealer lots. Now, for example, when I get a Ford, buy a Ford from Ford, I'm a Ford dealer, um, I order an F-150, it comes to my lot. They actually bill me for that vehicle. I have to pay for that Ford F-150. I own it. Ford doesn't own it anymore. and they, But they don't count it as a sale on their books until I sell it. I mean, they, they do. They, I mean, they record the profit and stuff like that. But as far as their reporting is concerned, like how many uh, F-150s were sold that particular month, they're talking about dealer sales, even though they have already sold the vehicles to the dealers. And then the dealers dealers resell that, that inventory. So uh, the rebate is actually something that the manufacturer kind of uses to move inventory that's getting stale on dealer lots. So if F-150s aren't selling really well, which they always do, I'm probably using a bad example, but if they're not selling really well, sitting on dealer's lots and the day supply is getting up there over, you know, 70, 80 days, they'll come up with a rebate to try to stimulate some demand. And so when I sell, let's say you come in to buy an F-150 from me, and I tell you, well, there's a $1,500 rebate on this right now. I don't think that most customers really understand that. They, they do realize that it comes off the price, but I don't think they really get who it's coming from. Well, it's not coming from the dealer. It's coming from Ford, in my case. And when I sell that vehicle to you and give you that $1,500 credit off of the selling price, Ford sends me a check for $1,500 to reimburse me. So that's how incentives work like that. Now, another kind of incentive is a low interest. You know, sometimes you'll see 0% financing. There is no such thing as zero. Now, as far as you, the consumer, yeah, you're getting 0% financing. But as far as, um, you know, the reality of it is somebody's paying the difference between the zero and whatever the going rate is, which right now is, you know, maybe 5%. So who's paying that? Well, the manufacturer is paying that. Ford is kicking in for that and reimbursing Ford Motor Credit, which is also owned by Ford, for what they're losing on that rate. Those are called subvened rates. I don't know where they came up with the word, but that's that's what it's called. Okay, so what else is in the news here? Uh, Wyoming lawmakers are pushing for an electric car ban. No, Now, don't confuse what I'm saying here. I'm not saying they're banning gasoline engines like everybody else is doing, like California and different places. No, they're banning electric cars. Well, they haven't done it yet. It was introduced by lawmakers who claimed that electric cars thre- uh, threaten oil and gas industries. Well, there's no doubt about that. You know, I just I can't help but wonder what happens to gasoline prices when very few people actually use gasoline. What happens to the oil companies? 
I mean, we're still going to need oil. You've got to have oil to lubricate everything, right? You know, even when they say it's synthetic oil, you do realize that that's still oil, right? Yeah, it is. It is just a special combination of uh, of ingredients that allows them to say that a lot of it is, you know, that it's highly modified from its original state or from the normal state, regular old everyday 10W40. But I thought that was interesting, though, that they're banning electric vehicles. I don't know if that's going to hold. I still don't know what to tell you, folks, as far as electric vehicles are concerned and when it's going to be mainstream. My guess is maybe 25 years from now, it'll be more mainstream. Some people are saying that maybe 10 years. But I don't think they can get the infrastructure built out in time to make it mainstream. I see too much resistance uh, to electric vehicles. Now, we still sell them. We have customers that want them, and we'll sell them to them. You know, I'm going to be a, a certified dealer with the Ford Motor Company, and I've got, let's see, we just got our first Nissan uh, electric, well, They've had the Nissan Leaf, but it had such ridiculously low range, like 150 miles or at most. Let's say I think they had an extended range version that was like 215 miles. But this new Aria, I drove it home last night. It is high tech. Uh, It's really entertaining to see the dashboard and how it all lights up. You just, I'm not going to try to describe it. You just need to come down and test drive it. It is actually what they call a mannequin unit. Isn't that a sweet name for, you know, what a mannequin is, right? Where they put them in the, the uh, department store window and dress them all up. That's not a real woman. Well, this is a real car, but it's not for sale. And so uh, you can come driving and experience. I would recommend it. If you've never driven an electric car, you need to just jump into your vehicle and come down to Gateway someday. We, I promise we won't make you buy anything. If you just want to drive it, just tell them, yeah, Lenny Lawson, the guru, he does own this place, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Well, he said we could come down and test drive uh, some electric vehicles with no pressure from anybody. Well, we don't really pressure anybody anyway, but um, you know, you might want to test drive one without feeling like somebody's breathing over your shoulder, and that's what they're here for. We have the all-new um, full electric F-150. It's called the Lightning. We have a Mach-E GT that you can drive, and we also have the Aria, the Nissan. So it's worth the drive down just to check it out. Now, if you live in Colorado, it's a long drive. So, But if you live anywhere in the south, uh, southeastern United States, well, that's still a pretty long drive. Let's say you live in the Tri-Cities. Come on down. Uh, okay, we've got the electric car ban. Chevy, here's something else in the news. Chevy is offering buybacks on uh, a whole bunch of cars um, on Malibus. Well, why are they doing that? Well... There's, right now, there's more than 16,000 vehicles from big-name manufacturers that are the latest batch of cars that are under a serious recall. Chevrolet is offering a repurchase for their recall cars. Now, that is unique. Let's see what that's all about. Okay. Oh, okay. So there's a structural defect in the 2018, no, 2022 through 2023 Chevrolet Malibu cars. You know, those were just built. And they've told dealers to not sell them if they have any of them on their lot. But there is a front impact bar that may be defective and failed to trigger the crash sensors that deploy safety features during a collision. So General Motors discovered this, I guess, through crash testing, or maybe they had some fail, but they ordered deliveries of the vehicles to cease on December 9 and notified dealers about the recall on December 14th. 
Owners who already bought them uh, will be notified by February. Let's see, on February the sixth. Hey, you're getting notified before then by the car guru. So what they'll do is is you'll be able to take your vehicle by the uh, dealership, and um, they will inspect it. They'll put it up on a lift, make an appointment. You might have to leave it. If you do, they'll put you in a loaner car. And if they inspect it and they see that it has an incomplete weld, which is the problem, GM will offer on the spot to repurchase the vehicle. Now, what if you traded something and it had a big payoff on it? And let's say that you uh, owe more on the car than it's worth. I don't know that that matters. I think GM wants to get people out of these vehicles, and they may pay off your vehicle no matter how much you owe. That sounds like a car dealer ad. But that's what they should do. I mean, if somebody traded their vehicle, it's not their fault that, that General Motors built a defective vehicle. So this is uh, unusual. Most time, it's just something that you repair. I'm surprised. This must be something that just can't be repaired. I guess because it's a weld and it has to do with the frame of the vehicle. If you weld on a vehicle, on the chassis part, like if it's a frame or if it's a unibody constructed vehicle and you do any welding, uh, it actually can't be sold as a new vehicle anymore. And it may qualify as salvage when you do that, a reconstructed title. It makes them very hard to, to sell if you see a car, if you pull a uh, Carfax or an auto check, you know, when you're like searching history on a car, which you should always do when you're buying a used vehicle or trading for one. We always do. We always pull the history because if it shows any previous uh, salvage history or it's had frame issues like this, then uh, we don't even mess with it. We just tell the people that you're going to have to go get rid of this on your own. We can't help you. So if you own one of these Malibus, GM will probably buy it back or will buy it back if it has one of those uh, defects in the uh, that crash bar. You know, it's it's a good thing when a manufacturer is willing to step up Expect some resistance to that, though. You know, if you go, there's certain brands, I won't name them here, but I don't want to get sued. But there are certain brands that they think that they don't build any defective products. And when they really do have one, they resist mightily to not do anything drastic like a buyback. Uh, domestic manufacturers uh, typically or often have to buy more vehicles back. They're a little bit more liberal with that because they're really working hard to maintain or to establish a reputation of taking care of customers when they have a serious problem. Uh, but you're going to have to typically get the dealer involved, or the, at least the general manager of a dealership, if you think you have a lemon, something that qualifies as a lemon, which would, by definition, if it's been in the shop more than 30 consecutive days, it's a long time to be without your car, for the same problem. Or if you've had it back uh, at least four times for the same problem. Again, I always tell people, it's never been to the dealership if you don't get a copy of a repair order that says that it's been there. If you take it by and they just test drive it, that doesn't count. You have to have a repair order. So as I always recommend to my uh, radio show listeners and my customers, we always document things. You know, if you bring your car in, insist on a copy of a repair order. You know, just they can't really just note something in your file because that doesn't mean anything to the manufacturer. All they care about is how many ROs, repair orders, have been generated on a particular vehicle. So that's very important, okay? Oh, my goodness, I have not taken a break. I need a rest for about a minute. I'll be right back. 
Okay, I am back. It's just so funny to see some of the stuff they put in the news. I guess they act like it's interesting, that it might be interesting to somebody. I just like to make fun of it. GM just revealed that it delivered only 122 Cadillac lyrics last year. I bet you don't even know what a Cadillac lyric is. It's spelled wrong. They spelled lyric L-Y-R-I-Q-S. Don't they know that it has a C in it, not a Q? They're just trying to be cute. But this is their new electric Cadillac. See, I don't think the, the uptake on cat, on uh, electric vehicles is all that great. You know, Cadillac bought out a lot of their dealers. Well, they offered buyouts to their dealers. You don't just, you know, they, they don't just come and buy you out. Well, I guess in some cases they can if they feel like you're not representing their brand very well. We all sign a dealer agreement. And it specifies that we do certain things and don't do certain things, like commit warranty fraud. They don't like that. So they can terminate you. And in many cases, uh, if they terminate you, you're really out of luck. But if if they want to buy you out, um, you can always sue them to prevent that. And that has been done by dealers. But, you know, when you are representing one of their brands and you don't sell very many of them, then sometimes it makes sense to sell that brand back to them. And, and a lot of Cadillac dealers decided to sell back their franchise, their Cadillac franchise. And so they still have Chevrolets and, you know, GMCs. Uh, what else does they? Oh, yeah, they have the, um, well, Cadillac's gone. Buick, sorry. You know, I remember when General Motors had a lot more brands. Most recently, the Oldsmobile, Pontiac, Hummer. Hummer's come back as not a brand, but as a model. It's a part of GMC now. So you don't go to a Hummer dealer to buy a Hummer. You go to a GMC dealer to buy a Hummer. So what else is, has been? Oh, LaSalle. You remember LaSalle? Probably not. But that was a GM brand as well. So a lot of them have gone by the wayside. There have been, and of course, Mercury did and Ford. We talked about that a couple shows ago. A lot of, of brands have bit the dust Here's another interesting article. Thinking of buying an EV? Here are some things to consider. You know, one of the things that I would consider would be to make sure that I would qualify for, for the federal tax rebate if I was buying an EV. You know, it's uh, up to $7,500 that you get back from the feds off of your taxes. What if you pay no taxes? Well, then you don't get a $7,500 credit off your taxes. So that's something to consider. I guess you could get a refund, you know, if you paid that much in taxes. In a lot of people don't pay taxes, though. But most of them probably can't afford an electric vehicle anyway. Uh, here's an article. If you are really uh, challenged when it comes to parking, here's an article on how to parallel park. You know, my F-150 that I drive will park it itself. I still have to participate you guys ever tried to use one of those self-parking things? Uh, it's pretty interesting. I mean, you basically you push the button as you're driving. Let's say that there's a bunch of parking spaces to your right along the side of the road, and you're driving down through there, and you want to parallel park. Oh, you see a space up there, so you push the button. All of a sudden, your car starts looking for that open space, and when it sees it, it, it notifies you to pull ahead and stop when it tells you to stop. So you keep pulling ahead, and then it says stop. So you stop the car. And then it then you put it in reverse. Take your hands off the steering wheel and start backing up. The car will automatically back up into the spot, turn, do all the steering wheel turning for you, and put you perfectly in the spot. Then it says pull forward. 
So you put it back in drive, and then it will finish the parallel parking exercise. So some people could really use that. I've noticed how they park. When I was in Europe one time, I was in Rome, and I noticed that people had purchased a lot of those little smart cars. You know how they parallel park? They don't bother. They just pull straight in because the cars are so short they don't have to. But we don't. Uh, I don't see many of those around here anymore. I don't. I don't even know that they're sold in the United States anymore. Maybe I should check on that. Well, I'm going to take my last break. I'll be back here in just a minute. Okay, so you cannot say that I'm not trying to keep you informed and, and ahead of what's going on in the media. You know, sometimes you, uh, if you want to find out a lot about cars, you don't go read USA Today, just like I did. You go to MotorTrend.com. That's a very popular old magazine that's been around a long time, and they have a pretty good website, and you can search specific vehicles that you might be interested in. Uh, Car and Driver is one of my favorites. Motor, um, I already said that. Uh, Road and Track is another one. Automobile Magazine is another one. And they do really good analysis. I, You know, I'm not a big fan of Consumer Reports. I think they have such an obvious uh, Japanese car bias. I think now they're in love with Kia. Uh, even though other makers make equally good as good products, or in some cases better, they just have this bias. So I, I think you get the most unbiased opinion from people who actually have real race car drivers and real auto enthusiasts checking out the vehicles and give you a really good analysis of what's going on with something. You know, so you may be looking at a, a Honda CRV and trying to decide whether to buy it or a Mazda uh, CX-5 or a, you know, a Nissan Rogue or something like that. So it's, they do really good comparisons. Sometimes when you're reading a brochure, you know, everything sounds really good. But when you look at it in comparison to something else that's been thoroughly tested, it may not be as good. You know, sometimes you might want to pick the best one. Sometimes you might want to pick the one that's the most convenient for you to own. You know, there are a lot of small towns like Greenville, for example, where we are. There's only three car dealers here. And there's only one Japanese brand sold, and that's me, Nissan. So, uh, you know, if, if you don't like driving 40 or 50 miles to get your car serviced, or when you have a problem, you'd like to support your local community. Sometimes people will buy a vehicle in that community just because of that. Because, you know, the good thing about buying cars today, and I'll just lay it out there, they're all good. There's nothing really bad. Uh, I know there's a lot of people say, well, I own Chevrolets. I'd never buy a Ford. Well, I get it. You know, sometimes these brand loyalties uh, override logic, and sometimes they shouldn't. But if I can help you with any of these kinds of decisions, just give me a call, 423-552-2020. Or um, you can get me by email, LennyLawson2020 at gmail.com. And I guess this is the end of the week. I will talk to you on Monday. See you then.